Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by... Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger 10, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. Revenge is upon you. That's right. That's right. For the culture that is comics and the comics that is culture. This is Blue Tiger Revenge. We're back for another episode. I am comic book creator Tad Galusha. And with me, you know him. I know him. We all love him. The king of mustaches at the moment. The one and only, the heart and soul, Big Brian Bales. What's happening? Nothing much. How's it going, Big Bry? Oh, it's going good. It's going good. Uh, you know, Blazers just continually breaking your heart. Mm. Well, they have been for like the past ten years, so you know it's okay. Um, but it's all right. What are you you're gonna do? True, you're a true fan, though. Hey, hey, know. thick and thin. Unlike unlike former guests that we've had on the show, I am not a bandwagon fan. Um. Wow, who you? Who, oh, you know, there's you know, there's some people who, who who like who like to ride on teams who win championships and then, you know, bag on them when they're losing. Yeah. Wow, I wonder who that could be. I think I know. <laughs> hey, it's all love though. It's all love. Peace and love, right? Peace and love. You said it, not me. Well, maybe we can get him back on. He can make a return appearance, and it can just be a special NBA edition. You guys can just go at it. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) No, that'd be fun. Always fun. Uh, Well, uh, we're we're jumping in the indies, man. We got some sweet Kickstarter action today. That's good. Um, I love love jumping in the indies, man. Jumping in the indies is fun. You know, just like you. With the podcast, it's it's the heart and soul of comics, in my in my opinion. I agree. You I know, agree. you know what's weird is that's all I read these days is just indie stuff. I find myself just reading. I occasionally will dip my toe into like a Marvel or DC thing, but it's so rare. Like everything I'm reviewing today is all it's all indies. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I like to keep a nice mix, uh, just just because I'm a Batman guy. But uh, sure, you know, I I do. You find a lot of interesting. Interesting stories in indies. You also find up and comers or like, you know, I really like getting, you know, the established guys and gals who, you know, have that story that they're not able to tell at uh, at a Marvel or DC. And so they can hop over and, uh, you know, do something crazy. I love that. Well, that's when you kind of get like pinnacle, right? Because you get not only someone who's like fine-tuned all their skills you know like metal sharpens metal type of gears yeah. in the you know in the mainstream where it's like the highest of expectations but then they're able to jump back into like image or someplace like that or dark horse and do a creator own book that like you said that 
uh, a company like Marvel or DC might not risk with the mainstream character. Well, I think Monsters know? is a prime is a, is a prime example of that. Barry Windsor Smith, you know, yeah, that's a prime I mean, example. That book is fantastic. You and, know what? And when that book won all of those Eisners, mm-hmm. I just want to say it was great retribution because I think you were the only person. That would that actually was like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. When I was talking about that, like a year and a half before the book. Yeah. Came yeah. Out, yeah. Everyone else was like, oh, dude, when was the last time that guy did anything? And I was like, what? What do you mean? When was the last time that guy did anything? He's the fucking man. He's always been the man. Like He doesn't have doesn't, to do anything. It doesn't like he did Weapon yeah. X. He doesn't have to do anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like the oh like the best wolverine story of all time like it's the thing that makes wolverine interesting that's why they keep always trying to like add on to it right in a horrible fashion exactly Just, exactly yeah. yeah i mean that that's the prime example man because that was the story that he wanted that was like a hulk story initially right and they were like no nah, we're not doing that shit yeah, I think I read some type of interview. I should have just – when that was coming out, I should have tried to get him on the podcast. But I, I'll be honest. I got a little nervous. I was like, ah. Because he did a few interviews with like some like just outlets that were off the beaten path. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah. we might be able to get him. Um, but yeah, and one of them he was saying how apparently he had pitched that as a Hulk idea. And Marvel was like – <laughs> no dude this is so dark yeah no way no way and so he was like fuck it i'm gonna Me- do it meanwhile myself. mark mark miller has the hulk eating people it's <laughs> true ultimate so. <laughs> I, I would say though like the hulk they did i mean like they get into like because you know bruce banner is supposed to be this kind of like abused child and stuff yeah. have this really oh, bad yeah. psychological childhood and like monster doesn't like really gets into like, Hey, let's chew the fat on yeah. what this can do to someone psychologically. Yeah. And, and also like, it was like where the Hulk experiment was a failure. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't like of like the Hulk wasn't like this machine, like this giant, like genetic weapon and monster. Right. It was more of just like this being that was like it was hulkish but it was also like horrifying and depressing and yeah it like it was visually and, and i guess mentally like kind of a downer mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah but uh yeah so uh word on the street is Ant- the new ant-man movie not worth uh worth the time i give it i give it two beards or two mustaches out of five Wow. Was there, okay. Now we like to, you know, try and keep it positive these days here yeah. at Blue Tiger because it is the revenge, right? Revenge is all about That's conquering, right. dominating. Yeah. Yeah. If it had any like positives, what would you say they were? <sighs> Dig deep. Dig deep. Kang was great. Um, okay. Yeah. Kang was cool. Um, that was it. Nothing. Kind of. Kind of. It was, it was, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, why, like, what's, what's the point of this movie other than to introduce Kang? In my opinion, like, um, what would have gotten those movies before? What would have made it better? Like, you honestly should have, this was your opportunity to kill Ant Man. You could have killed him. Mm. And I think it would have made more of an impact and made it a better movie. And impacted his daughter moving forward, right? Because she's got the she's got a suit too, 
Um, oh, all the man, all the kids are kind of taking over. Yeah, the but of like the superheroes. It, there was like there was like a great moment at the end. Like it, there was a cool moment at the end where oh. he gets trapped in the quantum hmm. realm. He he keeps Kang in the quantum realm with him and doesn't let him escape. And he's basically like, I don't have to win. Um, okay. I just have to stop you from winning. And, uh, and, and so then Kang doesn't get out and he defeats him. Um, but then five seconds later, they just open the portal again and he comes home. That would have been a great, like he kills him and they can't, and That's he can't go back. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he, that would have yeah, been, like, that would have been more meaningful, himself. but that's just not like just, uh, superhero movies don't really do that i think not even you know uh marvel definitely doesn't do it i i can't i mean dc killed superman and brought him back a movie later so they well, we, don't really do it either you know he's coming back what's yeah. that we knew he was coming back he's a whole cop exactly there's, there's 10 years of comics of him coming back <laughs> exactly post death yeah yeah um, wow yeah that's interesting uh, but, that's really interesting. Yeah, it, and so it was just, yeah. I don't know. It Maybe was, it sets it set. So basically, it's like it's kicking the ball down the down the road, and we'll see what they end up coming up with. Pretty much, and I think if that's the case, you could have just made a Kang movie. Yeah, I or mean, at just this point. ran with the whole Loki series. It seems like that's still yeah. Very he'll be back. Well. He'll be back in there because there was a post credit scene uh, of Loki. Yeah, you know, nice. Yeah, so I don't know. Did I you, just didn't really see the point of the movie. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. You know what I want to see, which is getting just, just tore up. But it's just the, the the little kid dork in me wants to see it so bad. Sixty-five is million. Yeah, I think it's just called sixty-five. It's just called sixty-five. Right? Yeah, I want to see I, that. Too. I guess all the reviews are saying like. Dog shit. I don't dog care. Shit. I don't care. Terrible. Yeah. But um, we're like the dinosaurs don't even look like dinosaurs. They're just straight up monsters. Who cares? I, that's kind of where I'm at it, with it. It's where not I'm that like, kind of movie. You know, people. Here, here's my thing. I mean, let people have me fun. Don't give me Let people have fun. As a dinosaur guy, nothing breaks my heart more than all these movies going like we can make them better. And then they make the, you're like, no. They're fucking awesome at the way they are. Just right. go with the science. Well, you, you, I, you're still running on eight, 1985 science. Like the it, the difference the difference between something like 65 and Jurassic World was Jurassic, the Jurassic Worlds were like, yeah, we're going to keep this scientifically accurate. And uh, whereas I think 65 is like, nah, just make them monsters and let's like well, you know yeah. So there was some. Some old producer walked in the room and was like, nah, make them scarier. Yeah. I want them to be real scary. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I don't even know if it's actually Earth. I, I feel like there might be a like a little twist that they're not actually on Earth or it's after Earth, you know? Like right. It's like, I could see that. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, which, which should be really fucking cool. That would but, be really cool. Well, our guests are ready. Should we uh, Should we go ahead and let them in? Cut. Yeah, cut to a break and then get the show on the road. Let's do it. Check one, two. Oh, and we're back. 
with our special guests, our very, very special guests, all the way from Warden Comics uh, that I guess at this point is every time we have you on the show is from a different location. But Ludie <laughs> Sexton, true. how's it going, man? You're back. I, I like to keep you guessing, man. That's great. And you're here with your co-collaborator, Colleen Palmer. That's Colleen, correct. welcome. Hey. To the happy to be show. here <laughs> yeah um so okay we're gonna get into it yeah. but you guys basically have a kickstarter yep. going right now and i believe it's kind of kicking some ass uh why don't you lay it brian and i both read the book because yep. you guys were so gracious to send us a preview um thank you for that uh but lay it on the listeners tell what us you everything. got cooking right now everything Okay, I'll go ahead and take it. <laughs> um, so right now, uh, our latest comic from Warden Comics, which I did the art for and Ludi wrote, is Crow in the Vengeful Light. It's a it's a follow up, a sequel to uh, my book that came out in twenty twenty one, I believe. Uh, Crow in the Eternal Night. Vengeful Light is essentially the continuation of Crow's journey. Uh, and kind of dives deeper into her past and uh, she has to essentially remember her past to make a really hard decision about her future and it kind of revisits some things from vengeful light but throws in a whole bunch of new new friends and foes <laughs> that's awesome that's all yeah I'm. I was pulling I'm pulling up the kickstarter right now because I want to see what you guys are at. <laughs> I know right <laughs> where are they at where are they at <laughs> I got to find it. Oh, my God. This guy. You know, you'd think he'd be prepared for once. He never is. Not. He I never is. Anyways. Anyways. So, uh, well, go, so Brian, this go. is a follow-up to uh, your first book. What was uh, – uh, can you tell us a little bit about about kind of that one and, and the process from doing the first one and, you know, I guess what was different, what stayed the same maybe coming into the second one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Crow and the Eternal Night was the first book, and – it's uh it essentially was my first big comic project mm -hmm. long form comic it wasn't supposed to be it was supposed to be a very small mini comic is where i wanted it to go and then i started writing more of the script and it just it got bigger and bigger and then i was like oh this is like you know a 50 plus page book now um cool cool so what my small comic project ended up being a whole graphic novel um, which was great and it was wonderful. And it happened to to I happened to finish the script right as all the pandemic stuff was hitting. And so it was kind of a perfect moment in a way because I was like, well, I got I don't know what else to do. Might as well draw a yeah. page comic. Um <laughs> and so <laughs> so did that and ended up actually running a Kickstarter for it by myself. Um, which ended up failing for a lot of different reasons. And it was fortuitous that it did because um, after it failed, I ended up hooking up with Ludi um, in Warden Comics and the, we started talking more about it. And he was kind of looking for some books for the Warden Comics name. And I was like, hey, I've got this thing. Maybe you might be interested. I don't know. And he's like, yeah. And I mean, I guess, Ludi, you can you can speak to that part. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Um... I saw the book. I, I read it, and uh, I was like, "Oh man, this is a this is new. Like this isn't. I've been reading comics for you know almost thirty years, 
Um, and it was an idea that I had never seen before. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I've got to, I've got to scoop this up before anybody else does. Um, but, a a zombie apocalypse told from the viewpoint of birds. Yeah. With, uh, with some sprinkling of mythology in it. And it was just like, oh, it's a trifecta. Uh, I gotta, I gotta take this. So, uh, I want to say that I, I asked on the first one if I could, you know, make some red inks and uh, if I could help uh, run it back. And uh, Colleen ended up, I, I think you added a few extra pages to it uh, based off our discussions. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we and, actually added like a, a whole scene that I originally had cut because I thought it would be too, I don't know, too weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know if okay. it went. Um, but Ludi Ludi was like, no, we should, we should put this in. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, we, so we ran it back on the Kickstarter. Uh, she crushed it. And then uh, I definitely didn't ask on the second one. I definitely begged on the second one to write it. Uh, and she let me write it. So and, we were actually, we were just talking about that. I have to say like, I, cause I've read most of the stuff you've written, I think at this point, same, like I, I even have seen stuff when it was on like the, uh, when it was being worked out way yeah. back in the day, way, way back. Yeah. And I have to say like, uh, I was really impressed. I was just telling Brian that like, Oh, you, uh, I felt like you really challenged yourself a lot with the writing on this one because you, it's just, is a really different type of project than you typically are writing on. And so I thought you did a really good job capturing the different voices, especially for the different, I guess you could say birds. I I, I want to say characters because mm-hmm. they, uh, they, the birds are like, like you have the owl and stuff like that. They're the owl is kind of like this interesting kind of almost like stoic like character, like this character of wisdom. And I thought that you captured that. Like it, it, it could have been real wordy, but it wasn't. Like you did had just the right amount of dialogue. I thought, um, you know, and you weren't you were letting you guys, you guys made a really, really good duo on this. Yeah. Um, in terms of just pure storytelling, and uh, I don't know. I guess that's one of the things I wanted to ask is. How did that? Because Colin, you you pretty much did everything on the first one, and then yeah. Ludi came in, fresh voice. And how did that go writing it? Because I imagine you guys wrote it together somewhat, right? Or at least worked off of each other a little bit. I mean, how how did that go? Yeah, so I t- we took the first book and kind of flushed out the story elements that I thought could be expanded on. Uh, and it was a lot of back and forth with Colleen and I'm sure she can answer some of this, but, uh, this, it, this is her world. So I just wanted, I, I was getting to play in it a little bit. So, yeah. uh, I would write some story elements that I thought could be expanded upon, um, with, you know, the underworld and the, the zombies and everything else. And there was a lot, there was a lot of like, nah, I don't want to go in this direction or something like, Hey, let's, let's focus a little bit more on that and expand upon that. Uh, so Colleen did a an amazing job on, you know, Hey, what if, what if we did this? What if we added that? That's a great idea. Let's expand upon it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, it flowed really, really easy, really naturally. So. Yeah. I felt like, um, I mean, we had the foundation with, with eternal night and, uh, and I remember when we finished eternal night, we'll finish the Kickstarter and, and we started to talk about vengeful light 
Um, because in eternal light, essentially the the relationship there is really Crow's relationship with Moon, right? Um, yeah. She essentially the the whole idea is that she has to turn off the light on the moon for one evening so that these creatures can come out and take care of this zombie apocalypse that's happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, when I was writing that, I really wanted to focus on that relationship. Um, in the first book. And so when Ludi approached me with this, you know, hey, we we should do another book. I really want to yeah. write this. Um, and he had, I don't even, I think, you, I swear that you even mentioned it, like, just kind of as a like passing point. And one point he's like, well, yeah, well, you know, what about the sun? Like, what, how does the sun feel about this? And I was like, that, yeah, that right was, there. <laughs> it was like the very first thing I had read the book. Uh, I, I remember it was a it was a text or an email or something that I was like, hey, not to be a, you know, I know it's granted mythology or whatever, but the light, the moon doesn't produce light. Yeah. So, so how are we turning off this light? You know, because it's the sun. Like, how does the sun feel about this? And then, I think, yeah, it was like right after we had finished the first six, or like, well, I've got the villain for the second book. Like, yeah. That's, Let's definitely write this. Yeah, and I think we had the the title before we had like any any script, which never happens. Never yeah. happens. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of the more interesting things too. Uh, just from a like a visual narrative mm-hmm. is the transition between the black and white composition and into the the color. It really just completely. It really showed, like, it, I guess symbolically, it really showed that transition. I don't want to give the story any of the story away, just because you know. Yeah, yeah. Go back like, to that Kickstarter, people, folks. People got to read it. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I like the, I like the transition that you did because it was a, it's a really nice, um, I guess, a device that you, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, put into, put into play. For thanks, you know, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty important part for me to do that. I think with the first book, um, I didn't want to dive into color in the first book for for a number of reasons. Um, sure. Partly because I didn't feel like it fit with the the moon and the crow and just kind of the overall dark mm-hmm. fantasy feel I was going for. Um, yeah. But also, I mean, it was also, you know, kind of bootstrapped, <laughs> like, you know, printing costs and whatnot. Um, Definitely. but I knew that with this one, we needed to push, I needed to push the art in some way. Um, cause I'm always looking to push my art in every new project. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just felt like it needed kind of the, the, the wizard of Oz moment. Um, yeah. and sort of, I, you know, the sun is just such a huge celestial being you know and i needed it to Mm -hmm. to feel that way and Mm -hmm. it needed to have that presence um so yeah so that makes me happy that that you you felt that yeah (laughs) now that we're talking about individual elements of the book i I, that's one thing i was really impressed by is there's a thing that i think a lot of creators even guys that are working guys and gals that are working like at the highest tier i sometimes i feel that like they miss, especially when they're drawing things or illustrating things that are, like you said, of celestial size. Yeah. Um. They, they, they struggle with getting like the weight of the the bean or the character, and like there's a sequence where like when Crow first encounters the sun when he flies up and interacts with it, 
and you've got this great like double page sequence where really all you see is like the surface, just a little bit of the sun, but it takes up so much of like real estate on the page. And I thought that was just so such a well done, well laid out like device that you did. Um, and I don't know, it, the the composition was just really impressive the way yeah. you did that. And then even like when the um, there's a sequence. There's another thing that I really love, um, and you can it applies to film, applies to any any kind of narrative. But anytime you introduce a character, there has to be like the reveal, right? Like, it, and if yeah. it's a character of somewhat importance, like they have to. And like when you introduce, or I should say, reintroduce Moon into this, when she pops up, you know, and like the the vultures kind of like, no, 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 it's fine, get out of here. Again, I don't want to give away too much. But when it, it, again, it was you got that weight of the character. Like again, it's a celestial body that's acting as a as an individual, and um, yeah, and that by having it kind of like a softer, just uh, minimized voice, that you know, I guess Ludi probably wrote that. Um, it just it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it was like the perfect combination, you know? It's like the stoic thing, but it's also mm-hmm. larger than life. It's gigantic, um, even though it's having this intimate conversation with this very small, secular, like, character, you know, that's a, a crow. Um, no, it, it was just – it was really uh, – you don't see – you don't see that well executed very often in my opinion. Instead, it's people kind of go for like cliches because like that's what you see in movies most of the time. And you, you, you were like, no, we're gonna do it this way. And it was just, it was really well done. It was really well done. I, I thought that was really impressive. Thanks. Not that it means anything coming from me, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Of course, it does. No, I, uh, when writing it, I tried to one just keeping in spirit of what Colleen had done on the first book, but uh, I also went and did a a massive deep dive back into mythology oh. uh, as well as um, some green lantern books. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big green lantern fan. So. Well, who's uh, your, who, hold on. Who's your favorite green lantern then? Just, oh, here Mogo. we go. Which one? Who? Mogo, man. Mogo. Who the heck is Mogo? Oh man. Mogo, the living, the, the green lantern planet. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense so then. I, yeah. I went back and did a lot of, uh, lot of comic book research into how you know mogo the the green lantern planet interacts with you know little like there's a squirrel green lantern like how he talks to that squirrel versus how he talks to you know massive characters and everything else um and there's a there's a subtle difference um and a lot of artists do really well brian michael bendis does a really good job of illustrating it um but between that and mythology, like really, I really want to narrow it down to where uh, the interactions between the celestial bodies and crow was was unique and different, and it yeah. it came off more as a kind of a I don't want to give too much away, but more of a friendly, you know, conversation um, mm-hmm. than you know a, someone just talking to like a child or another adult. So right. yeah. Um, oh. I was just say one of the things that that Tad and I, one of the other things that Tad and I talked about when we were talking about this book earlier before we started recording, uh, was how great the layouts were. You know, as you as you kind of put this put this story together. So, Colleen, I'd love to know kind of your process and, and like what what you think about when you're laying out a page and and kind of how that all comes together for you because I think that the the layouts are just incredible. Oh, thank you. Thanks. 
Um, I put a lot of thought into, so that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I, for this book, um, I, I went a little bit more detailed into the layouts than I have on other books. Um, I don't know why. I think it just, it just felt like that it, this book needed it. Um, and it helped with going back and forth with Ludi on the script as well. I, I thought too, um, this book had a lot of, I felt like Ludi gave me a lot of leeway to do things with the layout. Um, you know, so many, I think we called them story storyboard pages. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so many, so many of those pages where he's just like, here's the, you know, here's the dialogue, have at it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, my process is usually, I mean, pretty traditional as far as just like getting the thumbnail down first and then going into kind of a, you know, a little bit more detail. Um, with this one, I also, especially once it got into uh, dealing with Sun um, and, and later uh, conversations with Crow and Owl, there was definitely like more color that was involved with my layouts too, because I want to kind of to make sure that the tone was there when I went to color. Um, so I would kind of do like little little thumbnail color mm-hmm. schemes. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, uh, and I think uh, the other part of it too was, I mean, usually when I'm I'm looking at layouts on a page, I you know I run through the script, I read through it, and I kind of pick out the the most important pieces, like the piece that I know I want to spend my artistic time on like you know you're you're making a comic right, right. so yeah not every page can be and not every panel can be like a full illustration that's just not that's not really good for your time but um but i do like to at least like give time to something on the page that's going to be the important factor for that page whether it's you know a conversation or if it's just some you know some background piece that really is important to the rest of the story as a whole yeah. um so usually when i go through i'll i'll go through the script and pick out something and then kind of build things and build the layout around that um oh interesting which might be different i'm not sure but that's kind of the way my brain works (laughs) yeah i mean there's no right or wrong everybody's like there's a guy um are you familiar with i feel like i always end up talking about this guy do you know who jesse lonergan is Mm -mm, no he his entire lot layout process is based on mathematics yeah, oh. and when you look at his page compositions, he breaks every goddamn rule in the industry in terms of flow and stuff. But he still makes it work. And a lot of times, I mean, we we've interviewed him twice now, yeah. and every time we end up, I end up, I guess, getting into like probably like a thirty minute conversation on his process, and I still can't wrap my head around it, <laughs> and yeah. I, I, I can't, yeah. But, it sounds uh, like totally. I really, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this because it, it sounds. You should check out really his work too. It's it's yeah, really cool. Yeah, what what has he done or like what? Books? Um, he just did an IDW book or no, he just did a Dark Horse book. He just did something with Magnola, um, recently. Yeah, and he then, did. Um, he's done some image stuff. He just uh, I just reviewed a book of his last week. It's called Racer, um, by Bulligan Press, and it was like a small zine. But uh, it's really cool. Yeah, he just has. Yeah, he has a real like organic style. Mm -hmm. But uh, his layouts to me, I just like I said, are fascinating because it's it's all mathematics and geometry in terms of the way he wants the panels to work on the page. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And I think layouts are just I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they're uh, 
the under underappreciated piece of comics, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if you're building a house, layouts is the that's yeah that's the foundation. You know, that's yeah. the it's the the blueprints of yeah. the entire construction of each page. Sure. Yeah, and I, I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of time gets or like. I guess it does with the creators, but a lot of uh, I guess the common the common reader doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about that kind of stuff. Probably, yeah. No, Maybe I actually I'm... love this question. Like, I've never ever like been asked that, even by other like artists and other creators. And that's why a... we're the best, Colleen. That's right. We're the best. Yep. You know. Yes, uh, I love this. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, if you. Well, Bry likes to say there's certain artists in this industry that like to say that this is the best comic book podcast. Yeah, that's true. Going that's true. today. Well, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't doubt that now. That's right, <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, well, okay, go, Brian. Oh, I was then, just gonna. I just, I, you know, I kind of want to just kind of jump off of that and and really kind of you know get into uh, like your background, Colleen, and how you got into uh, how you got into drawing and comics and everything like that. Words out of my mouth. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. That's why they call me uh, the heart and soul. Poor Ludie's over here, like, okay, sure, guys, yeah. No, ma'am, I'm I'm along for the ride, man. It's, I uh, I told Colleen before we jumped on here, I was like, hey, this is this is you, this is your baby, this is your world. Like, we're we're just playing in it, so yeah, she's she's ready to field all the questions. Perfect. All right, all the questions. I am, I am, um, and I will, I can be very verbose, so feel free to like give me the sign to like be like, okay, you know, that's not up. what we do around here. Um, no, that's all we do. I love it. We but, just run uh, our mouths all day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it started when I was a kid. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it really did, but we, we don't need to go into that. I did make a lot of comics as a kid, which recently I found and were fascinating. That's awesome. It was so Hold cool. Up. I need, yeah. And it's so cool. Like, I had this, I mean, like books of just these like character designs and Any, was, anything that stood out. So I did the same thing. My character's did you? terrible. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah. It was. I feel like it was one of those things where it's like the the first season was fantastic, but I kept going like twelve, twenty seasons in, and and it wasn't. They all got pretty watered down at that point. Pretty bad. But yeah. uh, but I mean, for like a seven year old, <laughs> like what are you, what are you gonna do? But no, I, I've always loved comics. I've always loved drawing comics. I've loved drawing. Um, all my life and so uh I tried to to make it in college like make that into a thing in college and I went into the art uh I well I went into the art department Mm. ended up failing pretty bad (laughs) okay mostly just because I what do you mean like failing grade wise or failing um no, it was more of just like the the programs that were around because I'm old. And so the programs that were around at Wait, that time not did that not want to. Uh, we don't have to go into that, but <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the programs I wanted to go into were essentially, you know, uh, commercial like comics and illustration and at that time animation and, and sure. uh, you know, computer animation was really just kind of starting yeah. this thing yep, yep. not to date myself did but, you go to you a know, state school as i did i i totally did and yeah. it was just mm. yeah you know what he, it i was, i feel it was, you sister yeah. so we're so, so we're, we're we're sharing the same soul here yeah so they were fine arts and i was like you know mm-hmm. comic books and you know how those two worlds go 
but yeah. uh colliding colliding yeah it wasn't it didn't end up well so ended up dropping out of the art department ended up getting a degree in english which has helped nope. me since then actually for yeah. a lot of reasons but i ended up falling in love with um strangely enough ui and ux design uh for oh. for websites and applications and that's where i ended up you know, getting my my start as far as, you know, creative industry stuff goes. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in that for 15 years. Are plus. you still doing that? You uh... um, I I quit and did uh, I quit about five years ago four or five years ago now uh, okay. to do to do art and illustration professionally. That's awesome. Um, oh, awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So that was, you know, kind of the the lead up. I, I was doing it like on the side. I was doing art on the side. And that's when I started getting into uh, doing my own comic books. And I was like, I've always loved this medium. I don't know why I was talking yeah. to people at, you know, conventions and, and comic book conventions, other artists and, you know, and all their advice essentially just dwindles down to just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just, Pretty much. Yeah. Just do it. You can't, you got to just stop talking at some point and just do it. Um so I got with a friend and was like, hey, we've always talked about making a comic book. Well, I really want to do this for reals. Like, let's do it. So we did. And that's where Fractured, um, which is one of my first comics I ever did. Just a one shot, like sci-fi horror about a cyborg stuck on a spaceship full of zombies. And um, nice. so we, I did that and that gave me the the taste for it. And I was like, oh, I got to just continue to do this. And so just started doing more art, uh, more illustration while doing comics and conventions and meeting more people and did Crow and ended up meeting Ludi, did Nod 5. And so, yeah, no, it's it's been a weird journey, yeah. <laughs> um, but here I am. <laughs> now, I want to see, I want to see, are there any of these characters that you created as a kid, right, that you let you look back on, you're like, you know what? I got something for for something I can do with one of these characters. Um, can you give us a description? Even if they're bad characters, can you give us a little, little they're description? They're so bad. Yeah, will make a book. Don't do it. <laughs> I don't think so. I think mostly because, I mean, nowadays I I love so genre wise. I love horror. Yeah. I love dark fantasy. Like those are like my. I love that. Um, so I draw a lot in those realms for sure. Okay. Um, as a kid, it was definitely more like Disney influence, you know? Sure. So uh, I think one of my characters is like Leaf Hopper or something. And it, it it looked like, you know, nerds, the candy nerds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looked like one of those with like a long tail. That's pretty much, I think, where I got the <laughs> I want this movie make it happen. So, make a horror story no, with that. A horror story with yeah. Leaf Hopper. And hey, I had that's a, better. All yeah. my characters were based off of animals, and it'd just be like super iguana, iron dog. It was just ripoffs of like what Marvel <laughs> and DC were doing. And then I would just put their power ratings higher than any of the Marvel or DC characters because they had at the time the cards on the back would give their power levels, yeah. their yeah. strengths. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, oh, the Hulk's strength is seven. Well, I guess Iguana Man's strength is. Fifteen thousand. Yeah. Ten thousand. Yeah, Ted, but you you say that, but don't you have like two books now, like one about a dog and one about dinosaurs? I mean I do. Funny. I do. Yeah. So see, it led to something. It did. It did. Yeah. It did. It did. 
But anyways, I interrupted. Yeah. Sorry. No, and you know, I, I, it, you just reminded me though. I, I was, I am still a huge Ninja Turtle fan. So oh. like that was like my my nineties comic, right? Yes. Like I was huge, yes. huge Turtles nerd. Yeah. Um, ninety nineties comic. Were you? Did you read the uh, the Mirage, oh, or, or were you oh, into man. like the Archie Adventures? Oh no, what the is... Mirage, like the the more adult, yeah, like, yeah. turtle stuff for Love sure. It. Like, um, oh god, what there was a like a compendium of the characters. Mm-hmm. I still have it. Um, and I found it like a few months ago. I was going through old things, and I found it. I'm like, ah, oh, like it's wow. it's st- restapled together because of so many yeah. like so many years of me like wanting to draw the characters from it and just being absorbed into like this ninja turtle world where there's so many other characters and yep. you know you only yep. care about the four i'm a i'm a huge turtles guy so that's like nice. my, oh fantastic that's my that's my stuff so okay well you know what we need to we, so the new turtle trailer drop i want to hear what did you guys uh yeah, you, did you guys you see the trailer for the new ninja turtles movie i have not oh i'm oh it looks great oh Holy. now i i i feel like i dropped the ball i should have i should have it's seen okay this. It's, you're in for a treat <laughs> What'd you think, Ludi? I I really just want to like see Seth Rogen as Bebop. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's... and John Cena as Rocksteady. Come on, man! <laughs> John like... Cena. Wait, um, what? Yeah, I'm yeah. like for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, the whole the whole cast is oh is insane. Of is it live action? Uh, CGI. So it's, it's okay, CGI. okay. It's gonna be it has a similar vibe to. Did you ever see, did you see Into the Spider Verse? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's got that animation kind of style, like style, okay. choppy, blocky. Yeah. It looks really cool. Yeah, okay. like there's, radical colors and stuff. There's actual cool. teenagers playing the turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like oh, when, cool. when I first watched it, I was like, oh man, wait a second. Yeah, that's what that's what young teenagers sound like. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it's not grown men trying to be, you know, trying to be teenagers. So it works. It seems I, I do like. I do like that every iteration of the turtles they try to make Donatello a little bit like nerdier. Yeah. Like every single I'm time. okay with that. <laughs> yeah. The one the one thing I want them to explain, and I hope they do like a whole tangent in the movie, is how Michelangelo has braces. Like, did Splinter find braces in the sewer yeah. and like put them on? Because that would be hilarious. I am I like my theory better. What's Mine's they just they want to fit in, right? Their whole thing is about human assimilation. So the turtles are down there in the sewers. Things come through the sewer. They find a dead body. Yeah. And Mikey's like, I'm going to be human. And then rips the braces off some dead guy or dead kid. Yeah. Real dark. Yeah. Real, Real dark. dark. And then puts them on like, yeah, hey, wow. look, I got braces too. Ninja Turtles raw. I like it. My, yeah. my biggest question coming out of the trailer is is not why is Jackie Chan playing Splinter? It's why does Splinter have an afro? <laughs> he does have an afro. <laughs> yeah. Some rats have uh, like a little, a- like, like they have top. a little afro. They have like curly hair on the top of their head. So I think that's what they're going. I don't want to Google with. that, but I'll, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. It's weird. Well, the funny thing. thing is, is that uh, the Eastman and Laird Splinter always look more like a dog than a rat. Yeah, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, you're so you you're into turtles. Um, one of there's a one of the turtles artists. I was just talking to Tad about this before we recorded. Uh, Eric Talbot. He uh, he he did Mirage yeah. stuff with him. He now uh, in Northampton, where Eastman and Laird and they're from, because they him and uh, Talbot and Eastman were classmates, I guess. Um, 
but he has his own tattoo shop out there. So I want to make the pilgrimage and go get a Ninja Turtles tattoo from Eric Talbot. That would be fucking Whoa. sweet. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Dude, that's Dude, cool. I don't know. Because I've got, I've got all the turtles. I got it. You know, my, but my face. No, that's definitely not what I would get. It's <laughs> about the last okay. thing. Are you getting okay. are you getting Mikey with like braces but there's human flesh like hanging off the braces? <laughs> there we go. Yes. Yeah, there we go. I'm into that. Colleen, I have a question. Yeah. I mean, Turtles was obviously the Turtle Comics uh was like a big inspiration for you. What was your your gateway comic? Your gateway drug into comic books? Oh, man. If you can remember, was it like a Spider-Man comic? Was it Batman? Was it uh, Wonder yeah, Woman? Yeah, no, you know, flaming carrot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember like Ninja Turtles being one of my very early comics, and like my mom didn't, my mom bought it for me, and she didn't know like anything about comics. Yeah, like so she was yeah. just like. But oh, you know what? You just remind me though. There was, you know what? It was a uh which explains a lot. It was Tales from the Crypt. Nice. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. No, I remember because we were in a grocery store and it was like because that's you know where comics that's were. We sold. Got them back in the day, and right? it was and I saw the cover and I still have this issue. Um I saw the cover and, and I was just like, what is this? This is so cool. And I begged my mom to get it. And she was the nicest. She's the nicest woman on earth. So she was. She's like, like, well, I can get you the crypt keeper. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> and she like slipped through it, you know, and and did her like her mom thing. <laughs> but so uh, awesome. but she let me get it. And yeah, I I would say that would probably be my gateway comic because after that it was yeah I there was a local comic book store we would go to every so often because it was like right next to the Chinese food shop that we would get food from. Nice. Yeah. That's so a good I would, combo like, right to, there. It that's was a, perfect. Especially combo. as a kid. You know, I think like, you're the first person to have, um, you know, because we have, that question comes up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I think you're the first person to have something outside of the superhero genre. Normally, like the only other answer we've gotten maybe would be like Calvin and Hobbes or something or like, you yeah. know, like, um, Archie, mm -hmm. you know, but like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're the first person to be like, no, it was like straight up hardcore <laughs> straight tales up from hard. the crib. That's awesome. Yeah. Zombies I love that, blood. though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it probably it, it. I mean, now I'm like, wow, I should talk to somebody about this. It's explained so much about my life. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, you know, I, and I remember getting um, there was like this, this, uh, I don't know, it was just like one of those like gas station type shops mm -hmm. and they had yeah. a they had a short box of comics that was like underneath the candy thing and they would yeah. just sell for like five cents or whatever. And, and oh. this is making me sound really old, but it really wasn't no. that long ago. Um, but they had like old issues of like, uh, you know, like the monster comics that never really made yeah. it. I think I have like Mondo, I think is one of the things that I have, which was great. <laughs> like the cover for it was great. And there was like a, a house of Dracula or something like that. that yeah. Had. Yeah. So oh, shit. yeah, these I are guess like that's... Dell comics. Yeah, like and it like... was, it was pretty cool. Like I don't know if they're worth. It. I have never looked. I still have. Some oh, I'll tell like, you right now, they're not probably worth not worth shit. anything. <laughs> but like I wouldn't sell them even if they were just because of the the sentimental. Okay, you'll sure. appreciate this. So yeah. when I got out of school, one of the I I started. I wasn't good enough to get work in the comic industry. I just, nobody would hire me. And I finished like an internship in Portland and stuff. And the first job I got was 
storyboarding for a small like um mom and pop like film studio we were doing like commercials you know like northwest based commercials and stuff so it was a good gig for me it was really good um but one of the first things i got to work on was we did a like a pilot film based off of one of those it was like a frankenstein but he gotten turned into like a superhero like it was a dell comic from like 75 76 and the film studio had basically purchased the rights to it they had gone out to dc and purchased the copyrights to this dell comic and pretty much everyone had worked on it passed away right like it wasn't but it was like (laughs) it looked like lee marvin in a red jumpsuit with frankenstein paint and he had like a flat top just like a like a literal like arnold schwarzenegger flat top but his hair was white it was the stupidest thing in the world but anyways they were like we're gonna make a horrible comedy like monster movie out of this and uh it was a pilot like a two-hour pilot for adult swim and uh yeah back in the day yeah and that was like i I didn't even know that there was like I knew there was monster comics, but that was how I like kind of discovered this whole world of like these B-rate comics that mm. were all based off of like Dracula and Frankenstein and all that kind of stuff. The Wolfman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, They're great. Oh. I love that stuff. I Yeah, it's great. It's, so, it's such goofy stuff too. some of it. It's so <laughs> great. Ludi, what yeah. was your gateway? What was your gateway? I had, uh, I think the very first two comics I had were a X-Men like early 90s X-Men classic um, yeah which set me on the path of villains because it was a Age of Apocalypse comic awesome uh, so that's why I, I gravitate more towards villains because I was always like you know my my brother and I always had this competition where if he loved something I had to love the other thing and vice versa uh nice. and he was a really big wolverine fan um so, so you're like saber tooth all day bro yeah, i was like oh apocalypse <laughs> the best uh but i remember having that book and i still i found this book i purchased it uh brian you'll like this it was a yojimbo oh you saw oh. A yojimbo or or yeah, yeah oh no. nice hell yeah i i found it at a like i, I think it was like a yard sale or something 15 years ago and bought it but um yeah that was that was two of the very first comics i ever had and that set me up um you know gateway into turtles and Mm -hmm. uh, power rangers you know all the all the teams and everything so that's cool yeah Yeah, it's always interesting what everybody's first experience is and it usually tends to kind of set the tone for what their interest will be later down the road i found you know it's kind of interesting that's fair (laughs) <laughs> so you said you went to state school. Can we drop what art department that you were studying fine arts in? No. <laughs> um, no, I went to the University of Utah. Okay. Um, but honestly, now it's it's changed so much. And, right. and like I said, I just wasn't, it, they Turn just down, didn't I'm... quite have the track that, that I needed mm-hmm. at that time for what I was into. Um, and their, their department was actually really great. And I've, the all the professors were fantastic it just it just never meshed well, you know yeah and if you don't and now you know, they have like now well, it's like yeah cgi and they have everything now and it's right. like oh but yeah it's, i was it's cool. i 
I was just I I used to never tell kids to look into the state programs because I was like, don't if you want to go fine arts, they won't. But now I it's the exact opposite. Most of them have like one or two actual comic programs, whether it's writing in the English department or in the art departments, there's usually some class on like at least the history of comics or something. Like it's kind of wild how the landscape because I went to Washington State University probably around the same time you were at uh, uh, Utah. And it was mm-hmm. the same thing. It was all fine artists. And I think I took the, st- the I maxed out all the still life and life drawing classes by the time I was a sophomore. And there was, there was it, you know, the rest was just art history classes, which it was like, I wanted to be a commercial artist and there wasn't anybody that could actually give me, I lucked out. I had, there was one grad student, her husband was like an actual like illustrator, like he worked for like magazines and book covers and stuff and he was good. And so she brought me a list of like, okay, here's, you want illustration? Here's a whole bunch of people to look at. And it was people like, you know, um, like Frank Frazetta and Kelly Jones and all these other folks. And it was, yeah. And so it was like, you started going down that list and you're like, oh, wow, these people can draw everything and they're making money. They're making a living doing it. Okay. I need to find (laughs) other avenues to pursue but I, I, yeah, I, I didn't even finish. I ended up dropping out and going to um, the Joe Kubert School, the famed Joe Kubert School. I don't know, like no. that was the best decision, but it, I guess it, <laughs> it was, was a one. decision. <laughs> it was a decision. I was a very. I mean, it seems man. like it works. So. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're young, you're just like, oh, I'm doing this. Well, only have a semester left. Ah, bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. No, I mean, it's good. You stuck with like the English program. Looking back, like I wish I would have taken probably more English classes because I find myself leaning on those more and more as I get older, um, just with the creative process, you know, in terms of like building stories and stuff. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, I <laughs> on the English thing, I ended up actually uh, emphasis like getting an emphasis in classical and Renaissance literature, which oh, wow. was very strange at the time but i mean i found it super interesting but it has absolutely played into so much of what you know i've written and um and continue to write and so yeah no it's i don't know it's all woven together in weird ways at this point in time i'd love to dive into uh kickstarter a little bit oh Um, here we go you know, because you had your first, you know, you said you did the first Kickstarter you did ended up kind of it ended up being unsuccessful. Um, so I guess what would you learn, you know, from from that experience and to be able to take that into uh, the next one? Because, uh, you know, the one you guys got going is kicking ass right now. You're at almost thirty three hundred dollars of a two thousand dollar goal. I mean, you guys are smoking it. So yeah, you yeah, guys have eighty seven backers. At yeah. The yeah. So what, with 15 days to go, that's right. a lot. It's amazing. Oh, man. It's amazing. So, yeah, well, love to love to hear kind of lessons learned in 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 that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like to talk about the failure because I, I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially for for independent comics and, and independent creators. And because, yeah, you're you're not going to you're not going to hit it every single time. And um, when I launched the the first time, um, I felt like I was ready. I think, though, I didn't pay attention to the market and I wasn't looking at the timelines and I wasn't like, so I launched, um, it was right before our 
crazy election of 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around right? there. 2018? Yeah. 2019? 2019? No, yeah. 2019. 2019. Yeah, it was yeah. 2019. Sorry, math in my head. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it was October of 2019, which was a terrible time to launch because you can't get like, I mean, everybody's online, but nobody wants to talk about comics. And it was no. very, as we all know, it was a pretty big election. Um, so it it didn't get a lot of uh, ad space <laughs> at all. Yeah. Did um, you do so. buy, like ad space or did you, were you just like posting to, it? Yeah. Just like, just like social ads. But like, I think at that point in time, it was so like, so saturated, like, the comic's yeah. not going to do anything. Um, I also, I guess other things that I learned from it, the, oh, the, the, the funding goal that I wanted for it was way too high. Mm-hmm. I was, I was reaching way, way too high. Um, I had this like glorious idea in my head that it would be a hardcover book, which is so expensive so and expensive. Yeah. Um, beautiful, yeah. and wonderful, but so expensive. And, yeah. and I was not ready for, for that yet. And so the, the goal that I, headset was really for that hardcover and, and looking back it was like no nah, that was that was not a good idea um so just kind of being more like realistic with with you know your goals and i think the biggest thing too is is setting you know setting the the small milestones for yourself right like mm-hmm. um just just taking a little bit at a time like even with the 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 campaigns that we run now you know with worded and everything i feel like we do a pretty good job of like okay like we're gonna like baby step up to this so once we hit this then we're gonna you know do a little bit more and then we're gonna do the stretch goal and then we're gonna do you know because you kind of have to to pace yourself there and and make sure that not only that you're you know you're getting people awesome rewards and things but you're also you know getting some in return to to put into to other creative projects i mean i think that some people always you know kind of forget about that part of it and that you know you've already put so much work and time and effort into this this thing that you made um and so you have to take that into account when going into your into your campaign yeah that makes sense definitely yeah no definitely Definitely. i think that's one of those things that whether it's on the indie side or the mainstream side is by the time you finish the book i know so many creators that don't want anything to do with the marketing or and or like I mean, well, there's people we've had try to get on here just to talk about their career or just talk about a book they have coming out. And you're, it's amazing how many people are like, no, I'm already working on, I'm moved on to the next thing. You're like, well, don't you want the book to do well? Yeah, I do. But that's it, you know? And, it, and I'm kind of always <laughs> like, well, isn't that part of it? Like, you know, is selling yeah. the book, you know, or not selling, but just getting people to connect with you so they'll be yeah. that much more interested in connecting with the project. One thing that I know Ludi always does a great job of, um, I just ha- had it playing while we've been chatting here, um, you get the video. Yo, your videos are always, like, very artsy, very on point. Or does Colleen put those <laughs> together, too? Dude, what Thank do you, you do, man? Are you just, like, putting your name on stuff? Like, that's it? You snap your logo on there? Well, the video is great. Yeah. Uh, so you did that too? Did all the like the motion graphics and stuff? I do. And I actually do. I do quite a few videos for, for Warden too. I think I've done the double cross ones as well. Um, oh! But... Yeah, man, it's just sitting back here like, yeah, it's good to be the boss, I guess. You Thank you. Have... I do, yeah. Why do you even have me on, Ted? Just yeah, mute I him. Don't know. Just mute him. Just mute him. It's fine. <laughs> wow. Uh... Yeah. 
no well, thank I, you thank you I, I, colleen does a lot of stuff um I'll, I'll just keep giving her more credit but uh she she does most of the uh stickers uh, as well the sticker design uh that we do but yeah she's she's created the uh most of the warden comics videos uh the opening video, the opening portion with the key, uh, yeah, and everything. That's that's all her. So. Oh wow, very She's cool. Jack of all trades. I can see where the the UI. Yeah, yeah, stuff comes in. Yeah, user. fifteen years of the creative industry, and it starts where I I worked in marketing a long time too, um, which is why I I love this this side oh, of cool. things more than probably a lot of artists do. Um, yeah, but but yeah, no, I I love graphic design. I love uh, I I would say the videos are are. Yeah, I love doing them. Um, I'm not a filmographer at all or an editor, but That's they're right. they're fun to do. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they look great. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. And you keep it nice, too, because, like, one of the things that I guess I always find, and I've talked to a lot of people about this with the Kickstarter videos, is I think everybody wants it to be, like, a nice movie trailer, which you do a really good job of that. Like, it's 30 seconds, maybe a minute max, right? Where, like... I've seen some videos and they'll be really funny, but it's like, dude, I don't have 10 minutes to watch this entire thing. Right. Right. Or I don't want to watch eight minutes of you sitting in your living room talking about how much this project means to you like that. No, no one's interested in that. Show some cool graphics, show some, make pages, it fun. Maybe. Some, yeah, yeah. Some cool music. Keep it in that like 45 second, 30 second like window. And it seems like those are the ones that really kill it. You know what I mean? Short and sweet. People can watch it real quick and be like, yeah, sure. I'll back that. Boom. You know? Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like Ludi, like we usually go back and forth on what verbiage is going to be in the trailer too. Like we have a, um, I have a spreadsheet that I keep like, you know, three seconds. So essentially it's like each, you know, each scene that pops oh, up. Cool. So I kind of, mathematically yeah. put it together and then you essentially i'm like ludy i need words <laughs> you need to fill in the words yeah yeah I, I do things ted i, I do things <laughs> okay good that good. that wasn't you know you didn't sound i mean very, you've uh, got to figure it out there. it seems yeah. like that's like i said you know you got it's good to be the guy at the top i guess you can <laughs> just put your name on everything <laughs> just slap my name on the book man yeah name yeah. logo here we go that's right yeah yeah, no, um, no, I, 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 I love like your guys' video and stuff is just perfect, and I really like, um, and the reason why I like Brian, I actually ask these questions is because like we hope to do a Kickstarter like yep. the end of this year, and I love seeing how people handle different things, like even like where you've got your stretch goals and backer go goals laid out, like it, it's got a nice style that fits with the the, the actual art of the book. And it's just everything's laid out really, really clear, so you know exactly what you're getting. But it's still interesting to look at, you know, as you as you scroll down. Because I mean, you've seen some of them where it can be the most beautiful book, but then it's just like scrolling and scrolling, just text and text, and you're like, oh my god, this. Yeah. Like we live in a visual world, you know. Like you gotta, you gotta like kind of make everything look a little bit interesting, and you guys do a really good job of that, you know. Thanks. And you don't yeah, give away um, too much of the, <laughs> the book. Anyways, can, I'm sorry. trying. No, no. Um, it's, it is, it's important to me. Like, I always feel like, you know, and, and that is the very much so the, the marketing brain for mm -hmm. sure is like, how much do I put, you know, above the fold? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we gotta, we gotta make sure to, 
to present, you know, really quickly to catch people. Um, but I have noticed, and this is the UX side of things, because I'm always looking at other people's projects and seeing how they're doing and seeing things that are working, maybe not working, um, and, you know, experimenting with our own projects, uh, mostly with mine, because I don't want to totally experiment with all of Morgan's right. project. But there are definitely times where like, Ludi, if we did this, do you think? There, there's um, a lot of that, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um but uh sorry i lost my thread on where i was going with that but yeah no i think like one of the interesting uh things that i've seen a lot of projects doing is that i haven't seen up until recently is putting like once your project is funded putting all of your like stretch goals and backer goals and those things like right up front mm -hmm. like before your even like introduction and I thought yeah. that was kind of an interesting trend that's happening right now. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like working, but I figured I'd try it for this project. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's just like silly little things like that, that may or may not make the difference of somebody like, you know, following your project, because if they see, you know, stretch goals right up front, oh, I know immediately that it's funded and that there's all these other cool things I'm going to get, you know, that kind of. Right. Do you guys find that there's a, a tier that is most popular? Cause like, I'm a bare bones guy. Like I don't, as much as I appreciate all the stretch goals, I never go for any of them, but I also know that like, I'm a purist. I just want to read, I want the people's books and I just want to read the books and that's it. Mm -hmm. But then when I talk to other individuals, they love getting like the prints, the, the stickers, stickers yeah, and the yeah. mini prints and all that. Have you, you know, it seems like, cause I've, I've talked to people and they're like, Oh yeah. Like my $50 tier where you're getting a little bit of everything seems to be the most popular, even if it's like, a 20 or 30 page book. Um, what, what is your, I know, cause Luda, you've done a ton of Kickstarters at this point. Like what, is, what would you say is kind of like the most popular that you found? The most, so the two most popular things uh, that I've, I've ever done was um, for the most recent on monstrosities, the postcard tier. Uh, so you're getting, I think we had what, 15, uh, separate postcards, just small. Um, I believe they were four by six postcards, uh, but those they were selling like hotcakes, man. Wow, uh, interesting. They were, they're collectible prints, so yeah, small, so you can put you know twelve of them in a picture frame. Uh, hmm. Those those in the sticker bundle sold really really well, um, and then on one of my very first kickstarters, the uh, limited. Uh, edition poster that i put out uh which was horrible trying to mail out but it's it's oh. super well did uh, you end up having to mail it through using tubes yeah i did yeah it was, yeah, yeah it's the only way where it's like reasonably inexpensive yeah yeah but i see um most of the interest uh here recently uh, that i've noticed in our kickstarters uh is the the giveaway contest i mean we get a lot of interaction from uh from fans and those, and it's, you know, just a simple free book giveaway, uh, or you know, we, the t-shirt's really popular, uh, giving that away. We, we get a lot of interaction in that. Um, and then anytime we do a variant cover as well, the, the standard, uh, buying the book and the variant cover combo, uh, typically people want to, you know, keep one as a, you know, sealed up and, be able to read the other one so that yeah. that sells really well for me yeah it seems like the variant cover has really been um like i know there's like ron randall just did trekker and then carl is it carl uh carl kessel 
just did um impossible oh, jones impossible jones and like they went like all out on variants yeah. like uh impossible jones had an adam hughes cover which i was like wow i i've no i i've seen adam hughes work up close like i know uh, his race yeah. i was like it was like shit like they were definitely banking on that and it for the most part it seemed like it paid off for him um but like that's what people like you look and that's what people were going for i love the, the i love getting covers. the good variant covers do, do you i mean bry you're a collector i you're do a hardcore I, li- collector. I like the variant covers uh de- yeah. it always you know of course it always depends you know anytime there's a kickstarter that i'm interested in and there's an adam hughes variant i'm always gonna get the adam hughes <laughs> variant every single time <laughs> well yeah you know but i also i also like the ones uh the the uh the tiers where it's like you know for 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 this one you know i didn't read the first uh the first volume um and so I would want to back the one where I can get both issues, right? Those are yeah. the ones that I liked. Or if you know you're coming in late to the game, but you want to read how it got there, you can buy like you know the three graphic novels in one. I like I like those tiers. Those are those are probably my favorite. Speaking of variants, you guys got a pretty sweet variant cover. Thanks. Yeah. No. That that I love that cover. It's so good um Alyssa did an amazing job on it she's uh it it was one of those like great artists like upcoming artist finds too I feel like um she's fantastic she's 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 based out of uh based out of Utah um and we happened to just kind of run across each other last year at uh the the Fenex is the convention Mm -hmm. here that's every year okay It's, it's a huge convention um, a lot of nerds in Utah. It's fantastic. Um, really? So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, so are you? I so think, you tell yeah. me that Utah should be a place that Big Brian and I should uh, venture into? I've heard a lot of good things from people coming out of state. Um, I feel like Fenex has. I mean, they're they're up there. I think they're between. 70 to 80,000 attendees. So, I mean, it's a big, it's a big convention. I mean, at one point I know it, it got past a hundred and they had to like stop people from coming in the building one year because it was like, they passed their, their fire capacity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a great, it's a great convention. And it's usually um, it's a lot of fun too, even though it's not, you know, it's, it's more fan based you know like a lot of you know actors actresses and whatnot yeah um it's still just a fun fun con and like the artist alley is huge it's so big um almost too big (laughs) like you can't i i walked around last year and i was like i think i saw like a quarter of it it was so huge like so let me ask you this is warden comics going to be making an appearance at utah's fan expo anytime soon I would I would love to. I trying to find time to actually get away. Um, yeah. In a well, way, you got like a bunch of kids, another yeah. job. Like you're a busy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If I I would love. Uh, I'm gonna try to do some small Texas expos here uh, later this year. So okay. I kind of dip my toes in into that. Uh, I would love to find time to fly out and and do an expo with Colleen. Uh, yeah. and some of my other artists, I, I, I love getting emails, uh, from artists who have worked on books with me, uh, that are like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm sitting at Toronto fan expo and like 
our book is the best seller at my table. I mean, it's, that's awesome. The best possible text message you can get, you know, from yeah, a, a fellow nerd. So, uh, but speaking of variant covers though, uh, Brian, if you haven't, if you haven't picked up the first book, uh, for Crow, the variant cover that Rio Burton did for the first Crow, uh, is phenomenal. Okay. Uh, maybe one of the best variant covers that I've seen in a, in a long time. Uh, just her, her style. Okay. Uh, Colleen, yeah. Colleen handled all of that and, uh, and found her and. Yeah. Rio's was, another uh, person that I ran into actually at, at Fenex. Um, yeah. I think it was Fenex, but anyway, I, I saw her stuff and I mean, she's, she's big now. Like she's, she's got her own comic books and, and yeah. it's fantastic. Oh, wow. She's great. Um, she's just a really awesome person. And again, I kind of like for variants, not that I would be opposed to to having like Adam Hughes do, you know, oh, I mean, a variant sure. cover. Um, but sure. I I actually really do like finding like people that I meet at you know conventions, other artists and artists alley that you know I just think that you you get a chance to like talk to them personally, yeah. and then it, you just see like like I knew actually this is Alyssa's print behind me, kind of see it, but um. I knew her style right away would be like perfect. And I kept her in mind um, for this, the second book and, and I lost her information <laughs> and oh. I was like, Oh no. So I actually like had to like, it took me like a good half an hour to like hunt through like yeah. social media. When I'm like, I know, I know I got to find her <laughs> like where, so uh, plus, it, yeah. was, it was pretty cool. Plus those conventions, I, you know, you find somebody that like you vibe with, right? Yeah. Just both personally yeah. and like, you know, art Absolutely. wise, you're like, oh man, you're a cool person and your art style totally fits my project. So I, yeah, that's, that yeah, we, we found, cause Brian and I are doing a project through the podcast mm-hmm. and it's been kind of on the back burner just cause I've had a lot of stuff going this last year or so. Um, so we're just now starting to get really rolling with it. And um Yeah, when when's that page what, coming, Tad? When's the page coming? God, this guy, man. Slave driver. <laughs> no budget. No, no nothing. Just want you know, just wants all the credit. Just wants his name up in lights. I see how it is. That's right. Just put my name on the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just wants his name on the book. That's it. That's all that's it. Wants. Yeah. I didn't help write it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean Help is a, wow. it's a big word. Wow. A big word. Wow. <laughs> no, uh, but, you know, like it was one of those where we just met a bunch of people at Emerald City and some of them were like, I mean, some of these some of these folks we were meeting, you're just like, how are you not like an A-list at Marvel? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what the yeah. hell? Uh, like, um, I met this artist named Donnie, which he's got, he's been doing graphic novels. And I think he does stuff down in LA, but like he had this oh, Mandalorian painting that looked, I thought it was a photo at first. Yeah. And then you get up there and you're like, oh no, that's all ink and digital painting. Like, what the what the hell? Like it was just so impressive. And then you realize he's tabling with like Dustin Wynn and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's legit. He should be he should be there. Like he's yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he was yeah. he was awesome. I bought a but yeah, it's from just him. Yeah, I mean, like this this conventions, you just never know what kind of talent you're gonna run into, you know. So yeah. I on my uh, on my variant covers for Nod, um, yeah, I so I didn't even know about going to conventions yet, and like that you could just walk up and talk to artists and everything. Um, so in all my variant covers on Nod, I actually uh, I walk into tattoo parlors, 
And, oh, interesting. And be like, hey, man, do you want to do a comic book cover? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's worked out pretty well so far. So that's actually a really cool, good idea. It's really cool. Yeah. We got some cool, like, Lovecraftian tattoo artist comic covers coming out. So it's going to be awesome. That's cool. So let me ask you this What is next for, for Ward and Comics? Because it sounds like you guys are doing, you guys are working on all kinds of stuff. Or you're not saying. Should we say? Like, should we? It's up to you. That's 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 all. I mean, you mentioned the last time you're here, some type of Cthulhu kind of like uh, short uh, anthology, like anthology. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's uh, that's oh, yeah. So that's that's coming out next year. Okay. Um, There's a there's a lot of there's nod two three four and five coming out this year, um, as well as. Double Cross four, five, and six. Um, we've got wow. Crow two out right now. Um, Colleen and I are working with uh, a gentleman named Stephen Baker on a fairly large project. Um, uh. Collectively called, it's just called M right now. M, M, uh, M, like the letter M. Oh, uh, and we kept oh. trying to like get away from that title, uh, but everything that we wrote. Tied back. I mean, if it works, yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, how do how do I explain it, Colleen? Uh, it's it's epic. It's epic. I like that. Okay. Um, even doing. I mean, yeah. Is there a genre that it fits into? Is it horror? Ooh. Can I say? Can I say? Yeah, go ahead. Is that okay? Yeah, send it. Um, it is a dark fantasy western with some horror. Oh hell yeah! I'm in. Okay, I'm, I'm in. So yeah, are we talking like Wild West, like Manifest Destiny type stuff? I think my my inspiration is definitely pulling. Like, if I can mix, have you played? Do Do you guys play video games? Yes, I don't know if you guys I do. Play. Okay, okay. So Dark Souls, yeah. Bloodborne, yeah, yeah. Okay, so from so so if I can mix Dark Souls with like a Western. Like a dark western. Okay. That's like okay. That's, that's what I want to go for. I don't know. I think Ludi's still like, I think you're you're crazy, Colleen. But not send it. Um <laughs> so are you guys writing it then right now? So we have we have scripted out the first uh the first 18 issues. Oh, whoa. Um, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. 18 yeah. issues. So you guys yeah. aren't messing around. Like this is like Big no, word comics is stepping a whole taking yeah, it to no, another level. We're sending it. Um, we're about halfway through the script for issue one for fully being scripted out and getting ready for art. Colleen's already started uh doing some stuff on it. Cool. Um, and Steven on writing is just knocking it out of the park. Like, yeah, both of you has, are just like, if yeah. you guys know who Steven Baker is, uh, you'll, you'll probably know who he is soon. Cool. Okay. Uh, up and coming he is his writing style is is crazy um but no it, it takes place in uh i want to say you know kind of this center of all reality and um encompasses a lot of very familiar people that you know people are going to be very well known um okay it's a very different twist mm-hmm. on certain things uh, I can't. I can't give too much of a away. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, so you guys will be kickstarting this here. Uh, what in the next year or so? Yep. Okay. So you'll start, start seeing a lot of 
uh, promo stuff for it. So can't wait. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So Warden Comics has got. Now let me ask you this, because you're starting to amass quite the catalog. You're sounds like there's going to be the catalog is not going to slow down. If anything, it's going to expand greatly. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Are we going to, is there any kind of distribution in place that we can look forward to to seeing to see if we can see warden comics, say like at Bosco's or at Gabby's cards and comics in Olympia. Oh man. You know, Gabby, of course, of course, of course we know Gabby. Gabby's a close and personal friend um, from Olympic. Oh, really? Comics? Yeah. Really? I would, yeah, I would, we just I would had her husband that. on. Yeah, we just had Eric on uh, a couple weeks ago for his new comic. I That's like my second home, dude. They're sponsoring my kid's baseball team. So, awesome. yeah. Uh, yeah. Colin, if you, don't, if you don't know what Gabby's Cards and Comics is, uh, definitely Google it after this. It is. Brian, absolutely. do you want to give your little Gabby's? It's, it's literally, but... it's the best. Uh, it's the best comic shop in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and I've been to a lot of comic shops in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they have everything their staff is amazing they've got it they've got an entire upstairs uh gaming room uh and then you know speaking you know uh uh, gabby also comes from a a military family her dad is a vietnam veteran her brothers have served and so they do they do stuff for veterans there as well so like um we did it the first year um into the pandemic uh, before the pandemic so november 2019 we did a veterans only game night where she shut the shop down early and uh, we got to go upstairs and go just kind of hang out, play games and stuff. And then pandemic happened. We did it again this past veterans day and it was great. Um, She does so much for the community, like that doesn't have anything to do with comics. And uh, she's just, uh, she's an incredible person. And um, um, you know, her staff, is is fantastic as well like i i i I really do if if you talk to her mention my name because uh uh she she knows me pretty well and we uh i i I go in there all the time she's always looking out for me this is awesome at this point you just kind of sign over your paychecks to her right for the for the most part yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. where where is it in washington it's in um uh lacy so olympia lacy area yeah oh no kid really okay interesting yeah Yeah. i might have been there probably, <laughs> probably. Like not knowing because yeah. i've been i've we go up there every so often olympia and yeah no that's that's awesome yeah i will Very definitely cool. check that out i used to live in Lacey, uh and i would go to gabby's all the time were you did you were you stationed at jblm i was okay yeah. how long ago uh 2014 to 2006 16 okay yeah so you just missed me i moved there and i moved up here in from uh kelso in 2018 yeah 2018 that's when i moved here yeah i used to i used to talk to, to i used to talk comics with gabby all the time She's, and she was actually one of the first people who were like why aren't you just writing your own books like wow. just do this so yeah Ed, man yeah i miss gabby's uh but no tad to answer your question um yeah, I'm I'm gonna you know ramp it up as much as I can. Yeah, uh, I know I, distribution's one of those things. I've, I've talked to a few people about it, and it's it's difficult because it seems like if you can create a market for yourself digitally, the whole like diamond and all that doesn't necessarily. It's not a must anymore for yeah. a lot of people. Um, and you're already like with, through the Kickstarter, you're already going. You're going directly to your your supporters anyways or your readers yeah so 
but uh i think that's awesome man it's yeah we have we have set up a an online store uh yeah Colleen actually helped me out with that too kind of you know she does everything but uh <laughs> I, is she, it's, colleen are you like vp you sure yeah. not you should be but no uh we've got an online store i i really want to progress into uh like a netflix deal uh or something next uh and then get into animation uh, okay really- like developing like ips and stuff yep. I'd really like to progress it. Um, I'm still going to do comics for as long as I can. So yeah. Well, you know, the good thing is with your comics. That, I mean, once they're already out, you know, essentially that's that's like they're copyrighted, right? Mm-hmm. In a sense. So, I mean, like a lot of those properties, you could be um, you could be pitching. And I know one of the big things for getting a development deal of any kind is um, like, I just concluded a bunch of work for a a studio last year and essentially that's what they were doing. Like it's um, we did a, you know, a small graphic novel and they were, he was the, the owner of the, you know, the guy who wrote it, he was already producing some huge movie with like, I can't say nay, I'll tell you afterwards, but he's already producing this huge movie that's coming out next, next year. Right. With, and so, like his whole thing was like, oh, I'm 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 basically going to be living for three months with these actors and other producers, you know, every day on set. And now I have this comic that's this graphic novel that, you know, I can I can create conversations with them about. Um, but uh, yeah, if you need any help, like I don't know a ton about it, but I do have a few connections that uh, if you guys want to float your stuff over to them or. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. just let me know. Just let me know. But what uh, uh what's speaking of like future projects, what's going on with your uh you have a, a big project coming out, right? A big project? Yes. Dinosaur, I guess the, dinosaur one? Can we which one? About, can we talk about the dinosaur one? Oh, uh yeah. Yeah, we can talk just, about that. Well, you just kind of announced it last week anyway. Oh, oh no, yeah. oh okay. Wait, which it's one? Like Cyberzoic, or is this? Yeah. How do you know about Cyberzoic? <laughs> <laughs> I talk to people. Okay. Yeah. I pay Colleen um, to go to Comic Cons and talk to people. <laughs> so there have been write-ups about Cyberzoic. Uh, I don't know if the comic has necessarily been announced. Um, we're right. Like I'm writing it with the, uh, there's really one guy and he's got this very successful independent, uh, toy line called beast, the Mesozoic that was all started on Kickstarter and it's kind of just blown up and, you know, he's distribute, he's got a really nice distribution model and everything. And he wants to take it to the next level. And basically he's got this, this great concept that him and I've been kind of going back and forth with uh, his kind of like story Bible. And so now I'm in the process of, I should say we're in the process of writing it because I'm taking like, you know, his, I guess you could say like Bible and constructing like all the, the pacing and the beats, you know, just it's comics. If you haven't written a comic before worked in comics, like that's all kind of like very like nuanced stuff. So I'm, I'm, we're co-writing it, but I'm handling all that kind of stuff, you know, cause I don't know exactly what the story is. Well, I do now, but you, you get it. It's just, that's our, I can't give away too much of our process, but yeah. So anyways, uh, look it up. Cyberzoic. He does a Cyberzoic Friday post. And the crazy thing is it's, you know, it's like 
think of if I had to like give a uh, an elevator pitch, I would say imagine Dino Riders from the '80s, but with all of the seriousness and complexity of Game of Thrones. So like multiple competing clans. Um, it's more sci-fi, so it's like you've got cloning. You've got a tech clan that's like cloning dinosaurs and trying to build the world as they see it. And then you have these other clans um, and it's all going to center around a single character um, who I don't know if he's announced. I think he just posted some concept work for her. She's got two names. Um, her like warrior name is like Dragalina. Um, and so she's going to be doing some stuff with like dragon clans and so there's dragons involved. There's all kinds of stuff. It's, it takes place on this very interesting version of earth where there's like dinosaurs and dragons, but, but then yet you have this high end tech society that's kind of slowly trying to, imp- I guess, kind of, uh, become the dominant force on the planet by because it needs resource like any any society needs resources right and so it does a it it does some really interesting things visually it's amazing because there's like I, the concept artists and the sculptors that are working on because it's all based around a toy line you know it's kind of we they don't want the whole premise of it is you know you have a comic uh, like an interesting story that drives the release of your figures um, but he's, you know, the Beast of the Mesozoic has been going on the last like four or five years now. So you've got these great line of just amazing looking dinosaurs, but you can, you know, people have been buying those. So now it's all designing like the armor and the soldiers and stuff that now that can go on those. So like, if you've already bought the dinosaurs, you don't necessarily have to buy the dinosaurs again. You can just buy the armor and stuff and all the like soldiers and all the characters that go with it. Um, and, but the whole thing is we want the comic to drive the release of the toy lines. So it's not the reverse where like, say back in the eighties, like turtles and um, even, uh, even like he man, the toy line at some point, GI Joe, the toy line, they'd come up with these designs and then they'd come up with like comics or cartoons to justify the toy designs. We're doing the opposite of that, the reverse. So it's like, yeah. And again, like, I don't know what I can say, what I can't say. You kind of got me on the spot here. You got me kind of right. tripping so, on my words. Uh, Colleen. Yeah. Colleen, what are, what are you working on next? Yeah. <laughs> I will, I'll say this. It's the most involved thing I've ever been a part of. And I'm very honored to be a part of the project just because of the level of talent and skill and the years of effort and design that's going into everything. Cause normally with comics, you don't get that right. It's like, it's kind of fast paced. It's go, go, go. If something, if something gets the green light, whether it's captain America or Ninja turtles or something over an image, you're just, you're burning and you're going as fast as you can to get it out. Cause you got to hit those deadlines and, you know, like, I'm not going to have to, like, fly through any designs because everything's already done. Like, all that stuff's done. Like, I've never worked on anything where I can actually open a Dropbox and there's 20 different model sheets for the same character, you know, because it's all it's all going to be figures at some point. So, like, you've got turnarounds and then for all the story stuff, there's just endless amounts See, of Normally, it's, you're the one making those those model sketches yeah 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 and i don't get paid like when you work on a comic a lot of times like if i'm designing something like uh like when i worked on turtles um we had to do we had to do like these like punk futuristic punk frogs that leonardo had to fight 
And that was just like, okay, come up with something that looks cool. Go get it to us tomorrow. You know, there was no like meetings and like, oh, would this be? No, it was just like, you know, come up with something that's rad looking, but you have to have it done fast because clock is ticking where I don't, I don't know. It's cool, man. It's really cool. Like I said, it's like what I imagine. It's like being part of a movie. It's like, it's like if the level of movie production was put into a comic book and that's, and then I get to draw and be on the, the, the writing floor, which is really fascinating. They actually call it a writer's room, Tad. Okay. Get with the time. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, that's, um, like I said, I don't know what you like. You made me all nervous. I don't know what I can and can't talk about. I don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, you know what? I can just, I can just beep out random things throughout this yeah. uh, while you're. <laughs> how, how did I tell you about it? Or how did you know about it? Did I mention it to you or something? Uh, we've, we've talked briefly about it, but I, I follow. Yeah. Oh, you I follow, follow the Beast of the Mesozoic? Comic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The toys yeah. are great. Oh, they're so cool. I just got the big wreck. Uh, I'll grab it. It's right here. Yeah, he, he's got the giant Rex. I almost got it, and now I still so might eventually. These are the figures. Like here you go, Colin. You can see how big That's they are. Cool. They're giant, and you know, like, and he's, you know, they don't mess around. They're like working with paleontologists and stuff. Like they're getting everything as accurate as possible. So not only are the animals fucking amazing but then like all the i mean like i said i wish i could show you guys the designs for like some of the tech stuff and like we just got we got the foundation for the first issue the first 22 pages and it's just like it's got such great beats and they just they gave me the space to write in like like i said like good introductions for dragolina and some of these other characters where you're just like oh man like I don't know. It's got, it's just got, it's got, I think it's going to have a little bit of everything. I mean, I'm going to have to work my ass off drawing this because it's, there's so much. It's definitely going to be the most challenging thing I've ever worked on. But it's like, normally, you know, you kind of get a little nervous about something like that, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited to work on it because it's like, oh, yeah. Now, do you want me to beep out Dragolina? No, that's fine. I I think last week they posted like a turnaround of her head, of headshots with the shoulder. Um, I don't. Yeah, I should show you. The podcast is going to be beeped out. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Toys. Yes, I'm an adult. All your toys. I'm an adult. Damn it! Look at all your toys. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my background, it's filled with action figures, but that's okay. It, it is not just to be jealous of, Brian. When when we get done here, I'll show you the. I did a pinup, and it's kind of what. Um, I mean, I was way off on the specs for the character, but it's kind of what got me the, I guess, the gig a little bit, even though, well, I'll tell you more. When we get blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, um, we're getting kind of short on time. So let's, uh, I've, we've got two things. One, Bri, I think, it, Is it I think time? it's time. For, Is it time for the question? The question, the question. Right. Let's hit both of them. It's been a while since we've heard. Uh, it, it has, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit Colleen first with it. Uh, we have to. Uh, it's, a, it's a twofold, twofold question. Uh, first, Ready. first, what is the better theme song, Magnum PI or the A Team? Oh my God, this is not part of the question. <laughs> Just letting Let's you know. I want to hear what uh, you think. Uh... I think I have to go with A team. Okay. Yeah. 
okay. I think it I think it's mostly because like it's still I still hear like people humming it even if they don't know what it's from okay yeah okay. like it's just like used as an expression almost okay yeah but Fair I enough. mean Magnum PI is great yeah like all right and now the actual the actual question <laughs> is <laughs> Oh man! Uh, if you, uh, we ask everybody who comes on the show, uh, and that's if you were given uh, full control and freedom to do any licensed property that you wanted to do oh. to make a, a, a graphic novel, a comic, a series, whatever it would, whatever it would be, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be comics. It can be uh, like a like a. We've had people say certain books. We've had people say certain TV shows or characters. But what? What would yours be? What would you want to do? I would love to do to adapt any Stephen King into oh. like a graphic novel. Okay. Like I mean any I like, honestly like what? I knew you were going to say something Stephen King. <laughs> I love Stephen King. It's great. No, I I think like like dude like Cujo would make such a freaking great graphic novel like it's such oh. a visual story and i mean and it's completely underrated as far as the movie and i don't know like so yeah i think that uh yeah anything was, stephen stephen king would be great what was the stephen king movie with the the cat people could turn invisible oh yeah uh is it, sleepwalkers isn't it i think it was, was it sleepwalkers? right sleepwalkers I think you're right. with the cats yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I would I would love to see like one of those in your style. That would be yeah. Oh yeah, the monster and that would be yeah. oh that'd be so fun. You know, you can get all you have to do is uh, send a nice letter to his office, and Stephen King grants uh, like one time rights uses for a ton of his properties, especially the obscure stuff. Um, I know I used to work with a guy who did one of his shorts. I think it was like no Man kidding. with Flowers or something like that. It's like a short okay. film. Yeah. And all he did was he just he sent them a letter saying who he was and what he wanted to do. And I mean, especially it's wording comics, like Ludi, if you could probably you should, you guys should do it. Yeah. You should approach him. I don't know if he'd give you a cujo, but um <laughs> yeah. he might give you one of the shorts or something. You never know. Like honestly, d- like Crouch End. Oh my God. Like yeah. Have you ever read that short? That, no. That's, it's a uh, have you've pro- you've read it, right, Ludi? Yeah. Okay. It's total like like Stephen King's take on Lovecraft, like oh okay. on the Lovecraft mythos. Great story. Like that would be a great, do great it. short oh. comic. I, all I ask is if you if you do write him and he grants it, you know, just just you know, give us give us a little thank you or something. Oh, absolutely. Book, you know yeah, maybe get maybe we get never Stephen could have done this here. without Blue Tiger. Just saying. maybe yeah. maybe get St- Stephen King on the show. I don't know, but you know, I'll, I'll start writing it up right now. There we I, go. Okay. I, I actually wrote a letter to to Neil Gaiman uh, on the off chance. I, I wrote him an email. Did um, he write you back? If I could use his likeness in one of my books, and I, I still have the email. I printed it out, framed it. He was like, he wrote, yeah, he, he wrote you back. Yeah, he he emailed me back. He's like, yeah, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. That's amazing. That's really cool. Wow. I love. I just, Gaiman. I just assume guys like that get hammered with like thousands of emails a day. So you just are like, eh, nothing gets through. You know? Yeah. He, wow. He, I'm sure it was like his secretary or something. But yeah, she was like, ah, you don't need. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> I've got his That's approval. Fine. Doing it. Yeah. 
dude that's that's, that's really, really cool. cool all right Ludi, gaming what about okay. you magnum pi or the a team oh my the god the real question i pity the fool man all right well you know he never says that in the show right yeah. Yeah, it's just that's right you know what it is? Is when it drops, when the beat drops for the A team after the you know the little narration in the beginning. That's I mean it just I mean you get the tingles. You know what I mean? You get the hair stands up on the back of your neck. And you're like that's right. We're in the shit now. See for it's I'm like one. It's like one A one B for me. You know what I mean? Like I can't. It's so hard to because the Magnum PI when the helicopter drops and it's bum, bum, that's bum, true. Bum, you know it's like that's oh, oh no, man they got know? a good so, drop too. Yeah, oh. so it's it's tough. It's tough, uh, but anyways, Ludi, what would your what would your go to story with a licensed uh, property be? Uh, I mean, the character is already written. Um, I've probably sent five or six emails. Still, still waiting on Deadpool. Still waiting to write it. Nice. Really, I've got the perfect character, perfect story. Did you so you did you submit sample scripts then I'm guessing? I have to yep. Marvel. Wow. Nothing. Who are you sending them to? Uh I sent them to their Marvel distribution desk. Mm. Their writer's desk and I even hit up the creator of Deadpool on Instagram who's mm. never responded. <laughs> I'll give you some I'll give you some emails after the There's a few people you need to talk to. Yeah. Tad? <sighs> Yo, what? Who would you choose? Who would you choose? I'm asking whoa, you whoa. the question. Are you, you turning the gun on I'm me? I'm turning the gun on you. That you haven't done already. Oh, that's true. You know, when I broke into the industry, I was lucky enough to work on like two of my favorite characters right away, which was Godzilla and King Kong, which was kind of weird. Um, yeah, and I didn't ask for either of them either. That was the strange thing. Um, uh, you know, it, if I'm thinking comics, I'd probably go, um, I think it'd be really cool to do Captain America story. They'd never let me do it, but the Captain America story I do would be sick. It'd be very horror related. I know the one you, we've talked about this. Yeah. Okay. I'll do a quick run of Cap Wolf, Cap Wolf, but see Captain America is the original he's the weapon zero, right? Like he's the first like super soldier experiment. And then you had, you know, weapon X and all that kind of stuff later down the road. I, I would love to see them bring that all in. And he has to deal with all those like mutants and super other super soldiers. And, um, well, I think maybe like the whole werewolf thing. I don't know. Colin, you might not be aware, but in the nineties, they did a, a six month run where captain America became a werewolf <laughs> And he just, it was stupid as heck, but he beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. It was kind of great. I love that they went out and like on a limb and did that though. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it's one of the, <laughs> it was my gate. That was my gateway drug. And I always thought it'd be cool if like, as a last resort, he had, he like, he kept the, like he had like the serum still. So he's like, I don't know. I just, I have this envision where like, he's dealing with like a bunch of weapon X villains at the same time. And he knows he's going to lose. And so it's like, screw it. Click, puts it in like an EpiPen, and then just just starts laying waste to people. I just think that would be great. Like, that would be a great, like, you'd obviously have to create some type of, like, 
scenario and story behind it, but I just think it'd be awesome <laughs> to be like you need to, you need to draw that as prints of like just like a series of him like you know him putting in the serum <laughs> and then he's like wolfing out. You need to make yeah, that in a print for that would, that would the next con that we do. And I would do it black and white, like a horror movie, like Werewolf by Night. You know, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. Fantastic. That's what I do. But okay. All right. Well, we are, like I said, we're getting closed down. We're or not. Cl- we're getting close on time. So I want to run down what everybody's been reading because that's what we do here. Yeah, we're a glorified book club. I know. That's right. I know. It's kind of sad, but hey, literacy, the world needs it. And uh, let's start with our guests. Colleen, what comic books or if not comics, what books per se are you reading these days? Oh man, when I get the time to read comics, it's so funny because you like you I read comics for so long and then I started making comics and now I have no time to read comics. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but no, I did pick up uh I love saga. I've oh, yeah. been a saga fan for a long time. Yeah. I mean oh cool. Yeah, like BKV and Fiona Staples are just phenomenal. Yeah. And so uh so yeah, I uh been enjoying some saga and I've also been working through some uh some Jinji Ito manga. Um, oh, I, like king the, of horror, yes, king of the horror, king of horror. And Did I have a his... few books that I haven't haven't had the time to pick up. And so have I you think. read his cat comedy? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Oh. I have a T-shirt of like panels from it because it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, so good. It's so, so funny. So... Anybody who's had a cat too will so understand. Definitely. Are you yeah. are you uh, are you reading Saga since they've picked up? Uh, you know, they went on their break. Are you are you current up to date with it? I am like is as it, of was it last week or I think it was last was week. Was it? I haven't I haven't picked up. I've read up to what issue fifty is when they took the like two or three year hiatus and then came yeah. back. So I haven't Something I haven't like picked up since then, but I, I really need to. Oh my god. I really dude, need to. You, you I need love to that it book. It's so good. It's so good. And it's it just it's yeah. It just keeps getting better. Like okay. it's it's fantastic. Okay. And Fiona Staples' artwork is just yeah, uh, incredible. So good, incredible. So good. Yeah. So. Nice, Ludi. You've been reading. Uh, I'm I'm of two camps. Um, I've been reading a lot of uh, noir comics. Oh, um, nice. Working on writing my first noir comic uh, idea that I've I've tossed around for a while. Um, <clears throat> but uh. X Men X Men Noir has been the most recent. I've uh, picked up both volumes of that. Uh, my daughter, uh, who just turned four, um, is, oh is getting into comic books. So nice. Uh, I wake she's up in the morning. A, she's already four four years old. Yeah, I know that's man. crazy. Um, I wake up in the morning, and she's usually I usually find her in the office on the weekends, uh, reading comics. And so I've really, I've got into the, uh, a versus X babies. You oh know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Versions of those. She loves yeah. that. Uh, Cretaceous is one of her favorite books. I've probably got to order a new one cause she's, uh, broke Just the binding on destroyed it. It's <laughs> yeah. what usually would happen. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been getting into a lot of these, um, kind of kid friendlier, yeah, kind of comic books just to get her started on it. So that's been that's cool. the majority of of what I've been reading. Wow, 
There's some great kids stuff out there. Like, it really is. I feel weird buying it because I'll occasionally pick it up, and I feel like a little weird buying it because it's like, okay, you're a little old for this. But I, I buy it for my eight year old, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. she, but yeah, no, yeah. Shop, so the uh, yeah. like the young adult and like middle grade like market for comics is just out of this world it's crazy good mm-hmm. like there's yeah. so much good stuff out there my i have a four-year-old too who's also been like picking up comics and i'm i'm oh. loving every minute of it yeah oh, my yeah. son just wants to read all of the like crazy stuff so oh you mean dragon ball z the greatest manga ever oh well, yeah he does he does love that but he's like he's you know he's picking up you know i got some books back there he's like dad can i read that one i'm like no you can't yet Sorry, buddy. <laughs> like you can't read the Dark Knight Returns yet, man. It's not. Yeah, you got to wait a few yeah, years, yeah. man. Uh, it's all right. We got him on the Z. He's good. Yeah, that's true. All he needs. That's all he it needs. It is. It is. Good Z. Yeah. Z. Brian, what are you reading? Uh, nothing. Like, I haven't read anything new lately, but I have been, uh, you know, as the Cubs know, I read at night. I read on my iPad at night. And uh, so I've been rereading uh, um, the... Alan Moore, Steve Bissett, Swamp Thing, which nice. is, uh, you know, just always a fantastic read about what it means to what, what the soul is, what it means to be a person, um, man. And then, great horror. It, yeah, it is. Great, it is great. great it's, and yeah. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a big horror guy. I never I never have been. But, you know, there's certain stuff that I that I really enjoy. And, um, you know, that's that's right there up at the top for me i love swamp thing uh swamp thing movie got announced too right yeah, yeah. i i'm uh cautiously cautiously optimistic so hey beset seemed to be very positive about it so i have high hopes yeah i mean i don't know i think i don't know if he's involved but i kind of think he might be he better be, he, he better be in my like he should be he should cameo getting like ripped apart by like the Floronic Man or somebody, you know. Oh what I mean? my! Could like, you imagine Steve Bissett as like some kind of swamp bumpkin? Yes, like cruising yes. around. <laughs> Steve, uh, we got to get him back up. We do. We're gonna have to talk we do. about this now. We yeah, do. We have to. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That would be fantastic. But yeah, so I've been, I've been just been reading that lately, and I've got uh, you know, stacks of graphic novels that I need to read. I'm still reading. I'm on volume three of Pluto right now, which is. Uh, the best um that might be the best one of the best mangas ever written that's mm-hmm. pretty freaking good it's amazing so yeah moody if you haven't checked it out pluto it's worth I, your time i've seen it i have not had the chance to read it yeah. it's good yeah. it's, i never thought i'd be like oh astro boy is amazing yeah it's amazing yeah yeah it's so well done yeah what about all right you, well i got a little gratuitous uh do you guys remember a little old book that came out called the pro oh boy we sure do i read the pro basically it's where a prostitute um retired prostitute right was she retired no no no, she's still she's working the streets you know you know provide she's got to provide for her her newborn um and then she gets endowed with like the powers of like superman and then she has to deal with like the Justice League and all that kind of stuff. And it's a it's just a quirky, co- like dark comedy. So uh, um, Garth Ennis, Amanda Connor, right? I was uh, gonna... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ma- Amanda Connor. Y- yeah. It, well, Amanda Connor went to the 
when I was in school, she had grad, she was like a graduate a few years before I'd gone there. And this was like her big, like coming out party in the industry, like how she broke in. And, um, it's interesting cause I forgot how old it is. The book. Cause it still has like, you can go through, it's got like, it's hand lettered and stuff, which you don't see anymore. Yeah. And it was just kind of refreshing to see that. I was like, oh man, yeah, I forgot. Like this was like old school image indie style book. And, um, yeah, I was just, I saw it, uh, it was in a discount bin, like two bucks. And I was like, well, shit, like that needs a home. Uh, so I picked it up and, uh, I just hadn't read it since college. And, um, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, not all the jokes hit. Is uh, like, it's aged, it hasn't aged like a fine wine, but it, you know, yeah, yeah. Like a... I I love Garth Ennis. His jokes are definitely a product of their time. Yeah, but I mean, it the message was still overall like it had yeah. some good things yeah. because it was it pokes fun at how like the superheroes aren't a lot of times very realistic. They're all, all altruistic about like the greater good and stuff, but like a lot of times they're. You know, they're not really like saving the day, you know, and this came out like right after 9-11. So like at one point she calls out the Superman, like, where the fuck were you on 9-11? He's yeah. Like, well, we were fighting the uh, the ovulators. We were busy. You know, yeah. it's just one of those like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she calls out like a lot of and it. I don't know. I, it was kind of nice to see. I, I, I enjoyed. I forgot how much I liked the book. And then I read uh, Do a Powerbomb, Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, his wrestling, crazy wrestling epic, uh, which if you haven't read it, I, I know it's wrapped in plastic. Sorry there. It's pretty great. Um, you know, like it, I'm not a huge pro wrestling fan, and especially the, it, as comics go. Like usually I'm just going to be honest, wrestling comics, I think suck most of the time. He made it really interesting and emotional and more about like family and the connection of like a mother and a daughter and mm-hmm. connection to her dad and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, like, I mean, it's Daniel Ward Johnson. So, you know, the arts next Top level, tier. the action. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the action sequences and the matches are just like total kick-ass. Um, I think it just got collected. Um, so if you get a chance, I highly recommend uh, reading it, but yeah, do a powerbomb. Um, and that, that is pretty much all that I read um all right well but before i take us home uh ludy colleen tell us about your kickstarter get refresh the tiger cubs about your kickstarter where they can find it how many days you know give us give us everything give us the give us the rundown before uh before i get us out of here okay um crow and the vengeful light is the is the name of the book and you can find it uh on kickstarter under the same name and like we said, it's about a crow whose journey is continuing with vengeful light and she has to remember her past to make a really hard decision for her future. Um, it's our little, well, our little love note to to folklore, to dark fantasy, a little bit of horror thrown in there uh, for fun. Um, and yeah, and you can find it on Kickstarter now. I believe it has about, well, as of this recording, 15 days Um and we're funded, which is fantastic. So now it's just all the goodies that yeah. we get to to give away with it. And Ludi, do you have anything else you want to say about that? Buy the book. <laughs> wow. Real wordsmith. Yeah. The more, <laughs> I'm a writer. Yeah, the more people, the more people that back it, the more uh the more books that we can continue to make and I can put my name on. That's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take us home then. Um, 
All right. So Tiger Cubs, the home of Blue Tiger Revenge, is our Substack page, bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. You can find all of our new episodes there. Every page of Operation Blue that we post is all there. It's a free subscription. If you choose so to sign up, uh, it sends you an email every time that we post something. So that way you don't have to go looking for it. It comes right to you. It's free. It's easy. It's fun. Um, Also, you know, if you download the app, uh, there's a chat function. So you can connect with us through there if you like as well. Uh, lots of different great fun ways to uh, to get involved with us and to make connections with us for you to be able to share the episode out. We love that. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, at Blue Tiger Revenge. Um, we post stuff sometimes on there, uh, and when we do, it's fun, you know. Um, let me see. I think that is all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? Not at the moment. I'm all out of milk, my friend. All out. Well, that's good because I did forget something. Uh, finally and lastly, want to thank Colleen and Ludie for coming on the show. God, I'm horrible. <laughs> Worst. <laughs> it was a blast connecting with both of you. Uh, and, uh, you know, check out their Kickstarter. There's going to be links in the show notes for it if you haven't already seen it already. So now that's all I have, Tad. And if you already said you're all out of tiger milk, what time is it? Sick. Well, I need that one more time. Sick. Okay, you, that was a voice thing you were doing. I thought the internet cut out. All right. No, that that was me.